So, Jesus coming in, we've all waved our palms, we've seen all that. I want you to think a little bit about uh, how it would feel for you. So, would you like to be that person on a donkey with everyone cheering your name or not? There was a thing that used to happen in churches and uh, Christian communities, and I don't know whether you kids fancy this, but um, what they used to do on one day of the year, uh, we've just been past April Fool's Day, and the part of the tradition is from there. On that day, they would make the uh, cheekiest, shall we say, uh, young person, and for a day, they would be the leader. So, uh, you know, the vicar or whoever was in charge um, would would stop being that, and for a day, they would parade in, you know, like a, I don't know, a nine-year-old child who would then be in charge and they'd put all the robes on them and they could tell anyone to do anything. And normally they'd go, you, vicar, who's normally in charge, go and clean out the stables or do whatever the muckiest job was. Uh, and they got to do that. I don't know whether you would fancy doing that for the day. Just to think that through a little bit more, what I'd like you to do now in your groups, if you're on your own, you can do this uh, by yourself. If there's two of you, you can do it in a family. This will work well as well. So what I, I want you to do is line yourselves up from earliest birthday to latest birthday. So whoever's got the earliest birthday in the year, so the nearest to the 1st of January, and who's got the latest, the nearest to the 31st of December, line yourself up. Now, whoever is, has the earliest birthday, you are now king of your household. You happy? Whoever's nearest the end of the year, you are now servant of the household. Right. So, you've got about a minute for you guys between you to go, right, what's that going to look like? King, make some rules, or queen, make some rules, be in charge, decide what you would do if you were king for the day. Servant, you better get ready for what people are going to tell you to do. I want you to take a minute and just come up with some ideas about how that would look. King, servant, people in the middle. Now, parents, or whoever's in charge in your house, that might be a question. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of Emma and Sarah a little bit there. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, um, if you can come back to me now, uh, you may want to kind of take that through into the rest of your day and one of you be king and one of you be servant for the day and maybe flip it around tomorrow. You might want to go, nope, that's going to cause all kinds of problems. We're not going to do that at all. But play with that a little bit. Right. Come back to me, what would it be like to be both of those things? 
Some of us are in our houses on our own. So you were both the servant and the king. And that's what Jesus is dis- described as, the servant king. He comes in in triumph on, on, you know, in the crowds to say, here's the king. They all wave and say, you know, Hosanna to the son of David. David was the famous old king, so that basically means he's a king. He's the son of the king, so he must be a prince at least or a king. Um, but he comes on a, on a donkey, which wasn't a fancy animal, and not even a donkey, but the child of a donkey, like a baby donkey, a colt. So then it's like, well, not tiny baby, but do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> that would be cruel. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, What is a servant king? What would it be to be both king and servant? Because that's what Jesus is. The word that we often use for the servant king is a humble king. He's humble. Do you know what humble means? What I want you to do is to go around where you are and the youngest who's able to start and say what you think humble means and then go up in age and see if you can add a little bit more to what the previous person thought humble was. You've got five seconds each. Well, if there's one of you, you've got a time to think what humble is. If there's 10 of you in the room, which probably not anyone is 10 of you, but you know, I'm gonna give you, just zip through, just gonna say, what do you think the word humble means? What does a humble person look like? How are they? A quick answer and then pass up to the next oldest, next oldest, next oldest until everyone's had a go. Okay, hopefully most of you have had a go at defining what humbleness is, what humble means, what humility is, all those different words around the same thing. I know I haven't given you a long, but you can pause and catch up or do whatever you like. My favourite kind of definition of being humble is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking about yourself less. So not making yourself out to be bad or rubbish or anything, but just stop thinking about you and think more about others. Certainly something that I'm always trying to do. Can you imagine what it must be like, must have been like for Jesus to be announced as king? Can you imagine everyone cheering your name when you go in and everyone's like, yes, this is the one who's going to sort us out, it's going to save from everything and they're announcing that he's king but king of what we're all in isolation at the moment we've got different rules different ways to live imagine if not we were all doing this for the good of everyone but if some nasty person had made us all do this how would you feel about that so a lot of these people cheering jesus You see, in that world, they were ruled by the Romans who were pretty nasty and horrible to them in that kind of way. They ruled them, they they were kind of like kings over them, and anyone who was a Roman could make uh, a, a Jewish person be their servant and do stuff for them, and they could get away with it. And it was pretty horrible. 
And so a lot of these people waving their palm branches are thinking, yes, Jesus is the one who's going to set us free from all the Romans. Yes. And that's why they're so excited. People wanted Jesus not to be a servant king, but to be a warrior king and kick out the Romans, come with a sword and get rid of them and set their nation free. But he wasn't. He was a humble king. Jesus didn't free his own small nation of Israel from um, Roman rule. But 250, 350 years later, the message that Jesus brought of love and transformation and his death on the cross to set us free had transformed the whole Roman world. And the whole of the known world, the whole of that empire, became a Christian empire. Because he didn't come with a sword, he came in humility to change people, person by person. And that changed everyone and everything. And did far more than just setting Israel free. The humble king trusts that one person will change another will change another and it will change the whole world. So if that's the kind of king he is, who are you? You are a child of God right now. John, uh, 1 John chapter 5 verse 1 says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. So if you know that Jesus is the one who died for your sins, if you follow Jesus, if he's your leader, and the leader of your life, then you're a child of God. And if Jesus is the king, and he's part of the royal family, and so are we. We have that royalty. You're a prince or a princess, because Jesus is your big brother. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? So we are children of God, and that makes us royal, like Jesus. But we're also called to be servants. All the way through all the the letters of the New Testament, every time, not every time, almost every time, they introduce themselves, they call themselves a slave of Jesus, or a servant of Christ, a slave or a servant. Paul says it about himself over and over. Jude says it, you know, they say it about each other. They say it about a guy called Epaphras. They say it about all the different people. They call them slaves, themselves slaves or servants of Jesus. That's how they describe themselves. They know that they're royal. They're Je- Jesus is their big brother. But they also call themselves servants. Jesus was a humble king. So we're people who know that we're supernatural royalty. But we're also servants. So as, and let me just back up that servant thing, I want to read to you Galatians 2.20. This is what's true of all of us who follow Jesus. My old self has been crucified with Jesus, so who I was is dead and gone. It's no longer I who live, but Jesus who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So when when we were baptised, when we become a Christian, whenever that happens, whenever we choose to follow him, who we were dies and we go forward as this new person living as Jesus in the world, serving Jesus, his servant. Verse 
So what could you do? When we, maybe now, maybe when we come out of all this isolation, what could you do? What's it like for you to be a humble servant, but a royal humble servant? What could you bring? What could you change? You as a family, you as an individual, you as a household, what would that look like? Something to talk about and think about through the rest of the day. And the way that works is that we pray together about that. We listen to God and we talk to him about it. And then we talk to each other about it and throw that around. And then we do it. Pray, talk, do. Who are we as royal servants of Jesus? Like he was a servant king. How do we talk to him, pray, talk to each other, think about and work it out, and then do something that will make a difference? And finally, to finish with, we feel like what God's saying at the moment is there's something really important to do. And, uh, and I think you kids will be really good at reminding the adults in your house to do this. What we think God is saying at the moment is that this is a time to welcome Jesus. This is a time to, to pray more, but that just means like, what can you catch from God? What can you do with him? Like, how can we just include Jesus more in everyday life? How can we include the Father, the Holy Spirit in everyday life? And as a symbol of that, what I'd like you to do when we finish today is to open your door, or if you just live in one room of a house, you can open a window and say, come on in. I want you to invite Jesus in. Open a door, open a window, invite him into your house where you are isolated. And maybe this would be cool. Take it a step further. When you have lunch today, set an extra place for Jesus. I don't think you have to serve him any food, but you could set a place for him. You could pull up a chair where you're sitting and say, that's Jesus's chair. How could you do something physical is there a room in your house that you could say, this is our spare room, but we're going to call it Jesus' room and we're going to set it up for him and invite him in. And don't just do that thing, but also having done that, invite him into all of your day. So some point at the end of this service, open the door, open the window and, and invite him into your house as a group, whoever's in your house or just you door or the window, and then through the day, through the week, through the weeks to come, how are you going to set a place for Jesus to be in your life? Let's welcome him in, the servant king, and let's be his royal servants who prepare ourselves in this time to go and bring his kingdom to the world.